0: Honor the Lord and thank God for the rich relationship that we share, not just with the Fluellen's but with you all. We're doing life together, and we're glad to be able to do so. Amen. Thank God for Brother McCoy taking care of us, amen. getting us as they said to April. We honor the Lord for this opportunity to be here. Well, since the last time I saw you guys, Amen. Well, let's have a Word of Prayer, Father. We just thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Lord, to add value, oh my yeah. God, to the lives of your people tonight, to share yeah. out of the richness of your spirit and our encounters with you, to share out of the richness of our relationship and our growing relatability. Yeah. And we ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'll use us, uh, the Joneses and the Fluellas, to cut the learning curve yeah. of those who are endeavoring to build lasting and enduring relationships. Father, be mindful of the intent of the heart of this man and woman of God doing things like this. Father, to strengthen the family is to strengthen the fabric of our communities and our country. So we ask, Lord God, that abundant grace will be upon their lives for their care of the saints and strength of our families. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, since the last time I saw you all, I wrote a, a, a new book. Uh, I, I honestly didn't think that so few words could have such a great impact on so many lives. Literally, the shipment I have with me just came in this week. Uh, every shipment has run out. They've completely run out. I wrote a book called Damage-Free Dating. And, because uh, folk don't know what they're doing. Hello. I, you know, I, I often say this. Uh, we're the unmarried people. are your hand to be unmarried. All right, all right, so you're dating, all right. So, uh, but I often say that if, if you're dating right, somebody shout, dating right. Dating right. If you're, if you're engaging others in the, the space of, of sought, and deceiving and being sought, et cetera, right, you should be able to cut it off for any reason at all or no reason at all Come and on. suffer no damage. Oh, hello, somebody. <laughs> Come on, tell somebody there's a right and a wrong way. As the prophet of my generation said, there's a right and a wrong way to love someone. Who was that, Prophet Keith Sweat. Y'all know. <laughs> Y'all remember that? So now, if somebody say it again, if you're dating right, you should be able to cut it off for any reason at all or no reason at all and suffer absolutely no damage. A lot of people dating in desperation and not discernment. Oh my! Hello, oh. somebody. Mm-hmm. There's people date with their feelings, not their faith. Right. The Bible says, "There's a the way that seemeth right." Tell somebody that's your feelings. Yes. But you got to measure all all things through your belief system. Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. Yes. Got to engage all relationships through your belief system. Say, my belief system my belief is a buffer system. to my soul. No! So can't nobody just get in my life doing just anything. They tell somebody, and I have boundaries. Now, now watch this now. The way, the way you know you know your value is your boundaries. Tell somebody, show me somebody with no boundaries. And I'll show you somebody that don't know their value. Now, i will give this illustration because people don't have boundaries these days, right? There's a very good reason there's a fence around my yard. That's where the neighbor's yard ends. And so, because you want to protect your value, you put up a fence. Is that right? Because what happens if your if your neighbor builds a fence, a, a shed, halfway on your yard and halfway on their yard? It affects your what value. Is that right? You have an encroachment. So boundaries are in place to make sure that we protect. See, I gotta protect my value. Does that make sense? You know, there's a lot of people, and I'm going to get into what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about enduring relationships, because I know these people, I know their heart, and I know that they they desire to help people that want relationship learn how to cultivate enduring relationships and help those in relationship to cultivate relationships that are mutually beneficial. Mm. Isn't that right? Yeah. But one of the reasons that so many people are getting hurt out here in these streets uh-huh. is because they're leaving home without two things. One of the other, one, somebody shout one of the other. They don't have a good sense of their identity, or they don't have a good sense of their value. Hello somebody. If you don't have a sense of identity, then you morph into whatever somebody got going on. You robbing banks now. He, he, he I shoot, you drive, right? Now you robbing banks. Because whatever they got going on, you morph into that. And if you don't know your value, then you're prone to compromise. And so that's why you got to know your identity. Somebody shout, who am I? Who am I? You know, remember, and I'm going to, this is a brief on that, right? There, are, There's only one solution for identity and value, just my like Christ. Christ. Yeah. If you remember when Jesus was baptized, he hadn't done any supernatural works per se. He came up out of the water, and the Father said what? This is my what? my beloved son. In whom I am what? Yeah. In whom I am well pleased. Not yeah. for what he has done. Yeah, So my value has nothing to do with what I've done. It has to do with who I am to the Father. Somebody shout, my value, my identity is who I am to the Father. Y'all got that? Somebody shout, I am my Father's child. So my identity is completely who am I to the Father? Go ahead, go ahead. Now remember this. Acts 20:28 says God purchased the church with His own what? Blood. With His own blood. Yeah. You know, you go into a store right now. I went in the store and I bought this wonderful Google phone that's far superior to all iPhones. I don't care what y'all say. Uh. I went in that store and I bought this far superior than the iPhone Google phone, right? And I, I paid eleven hundred dollars or so for this phone. Right? Now when I gave them eleven hundred dollars, I took home the what? How much is the phone worth? Eleven hundred dollars. Why? Because what determined the value is how much somebody was willing to pay for it. Right. Y'all better watch what I. And God purchased you with his own blood. Yeah. How? Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to offer my life a ransom. Look at somebody talking about being bought with a price. I've been bought with uh, and, oh, I'm going to mess you up now. Say, me and Jesus, Jesus. have the same value to my Father. Now, how do you know that? Because we are heirs and joint. Somebody shout, we are heirs and joint heirs. And joint heirs have equal value. Yeah. And that means to my father, say, to my father, I have the same value as the son of God. Yeah. 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 If a possibility took on Pastor D as a wife and he's a billionaire, what does she instantly become? A billionaire. By marriage. Come on. Instantly and automatically, she becomes a billionaire. Through relationship, y'all got that? Her value, her net worth change. And so that's why people should not be dating without a good sense of identity and value because you open for a world of hurt if you don't know how much you're worth and who you are. Mm -hmm. Y'all got that? So anyway, so I wrote that book for that. And then also, there are some of you, we're the married ladies, right? If you've been married and you don't understand your man, raise your hand. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all see that 33 years, she'll still understand me. I wrote a book called A Wise Woman's Guide to Understanding Men. And so I brought both of those. I bought a brunch up. So hope you'll be blessed by them. Today we're going to talk about 20 reasons that relationships don't last these days. Mm. 20 reasons. We only need One. But uh, I, got, no, I got 20, right? Because we are talking about enduring relationships. And I want to turn over, if you would, for just a moment to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 24. Say it with me, a ship is a ship. So even in friendship, there are requirements of that relationship. Hello, somebody. There are, there are requirements in order to make sure we maintain and cultivate And this is the problem with many of us right now. We create what we won't cultivate. Uh Hello. You can tell somebody you don't just create relationships. You You have to cultivate them. them. Now watch this now. It says in in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 a man that had friends must must what? Must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that's taking closer than the brother. Somebody shout, I'm the friend. So the must is on me. Now watch this now. Oh, hello. Say it with me again. I'm the friend. So the must is on me. Turn over Colossians chapter 3 real quick. Because I'm going to share three principles and uh, three scriptures and a whole lot of principles. Because prosperity comes from principle. Colossians chapter 3 verse 19. If you, if you don't have a principle life, you can't have a prosperous life. Now watch what it says here in Colossians 3.19. It says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Right? That Notice, husbands must love their wives and be not bitter. So, husbands, say it with me, the must is upon me. All right. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Ephesians 5.22. And it says there, Wives, submit yourself to your own husband. Come on, say own husband. Not Pastor Dolores' husband. Your own, hello, your own husband. Because a whole lot of us do a whole uh, great job submitting to somebody else's husband. All right, all right. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord. Y'all got that? Say it with me, wives. The must is upon me. Now, why are we going there? Because everybody desires relationship or desires, uh, desires better relationship, but they don't put the responsibility upon themselves to learn how to relate better. Yes. Yes. Say it with me. If I'm gonna have enduring relationships, I must increase my relatability. And there are people that want to have relationships that don't have relatability skills. Hello, somebody. Now, here's the thing about skill: it can be learned. Tell somebody it can be learned. Everything you know about relationship right now, you learn from somebody. You either learn by instructions or you learn by who raised you, by nurture, by the environment you were in. But everybody here, whatever level in which you relate, somebody shout: this is learned relationship. And so, the same way, anything you learn, you can what? Unlearn. And you never get too. Tell somebody, you never get too old to increase your skills. Oh my. I want you to elbow somebody to tell them, anniversaries do not improve marriages. Come on, tell somebody anniversaries. Oh! In order to improve marriages, you got to know and do better. Tell somebody now you know you got to do better. You got to know. Say it with me. I only know what I know. But all I know is not all there is to know. And that means there is still time for change in my relationship. Y'all got that? In order to build better relationships, say I must increase my relatability. It's like people that ain't got no friends. Man, they ain't got no friends, and don't go nowhere but church, work, and home. I was talking to one of my young ladies. She's like, Apostle, I know you said, you know, but there's always somebody for somebody, but it seemed like I ain't, I ain't bumping into nobody that's interested in me. And I'm like, daughter, you go to work, church, and home. Right? There's no chance the moon is going to bump into Jupiter. Tell us about your orbit too small. Listen, I tell you, will you please go somewhere and get around somebody? Hello, somebody. You need a bigger orbit. Right now, the only person you could possibly marry is the Prime guy, the UPS guy, or the mailman. Prime, Amazon Prime. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Amazon, them all the men you know. Y'all got that? So now watch this now. So everybody desires better relationship without placing the responsibility. Say, the responsibility is upon me to learn how to relate better. The word relate, listen what the word relate mean. Make the connection. Oh my God. Say, it's my job to make the connection. You know, the biggest problem with many of us is that we're more interested in what we get out of relationship than what we're supposed to offer to relationship. Hello, somebody. How many know if you're a taker, nobody's glad to see you at the end of a day? I want to tell you, in a loving environment, if you are a taker, nobody's glad to see you at the end of a day. If you can't wait to give, they can't wait to get home. Ooh. Hello? Say give, give. give, give. Uh, say love is give. love is give. And give is love. Give is love. God so the world that he... Yeah. The son took on the body. What did he do with it? Yeah. The Holy Spirit came down with gifts. What did he do with it? Yeah. God is love. Love is give. Love and give are synonymous. Say love is, what I, give, love is what, I what I give. Not what I give. Now I want you to think about this, right? If you have two people that are both giving to relationships, whatever the nature of the relationship, then there's no lack. Say it with me. One taker, strange relationship. Two takers, ends a relationship. Oh, God. Love and give are synonymous. Y'all got that? You know why many people cannot create an enduring relationship right now? Because they won't take full responsibility for the person they offer to the ones they're in. Hello. Hello. It's my responsibility. Say it with me. It's my responsibility to be great to relate with. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, say it again. It's my responsibility to be great to relate with. Elbow somebody tell me, you ought to be the person people can't wait to be around. Come on, you ought to be the person people can't wait to be When you are a giver, you don't have enough time on your schedule for everybody to want to be around you. Yeah. Watch this now. Everybody loves a man that? Yeah. Gives gives. Somebody shout, the giver has a lot of room for a whole lot of relationships. When you are a giver, people, your calendar is full of people who want to be around you. When you are a giver, your family want to be around you. When you are a giver, your friends want to be around you. People don't even know you want to be around you. Why? Because many friends, everyone loves a man that gives gifts. Somebody shout, you are the giver. So how do, I create, how do I create the kind of paradigm, right, where well, everybody I know can't wait to be around me? you got to make sure you engage everybody as the what? Giver. As the giver. Say it with me. I'm the, giver. I'm the giver. Think about this for just a moment. When Jesus encountered a blind man, what did he do? Open the eye. When he ran into a deaf man, what did he do? When he ran into a lame man, what did he do? Every time Jesus encountered another person, he made it about the person on the other end of the interaction. I want you to ask your is that you? Hello, somebody. Every time he encountered anybody, he made it about the person. Tell us make it about the person on the other end of the engagement. He was never, hello, somebody. He had everything he needed. Full of everything he needed. But every encounter he made, he made it about the person on the other end. Ask somebody, is that you? How could I be like him if I make everything about me? Uh Uh-oh. I'm I'm not happy. So whose job is that? (laughs) Hello? It's your responsibility to offer a happy person to relationships. Don't ever give anybody a bill called make you happy. It's your job to offer a happy person to relationships. Y'all got that? I don't understand if you have joy, why you can't be happy. Y'all got that, believers? So it's my job. I'm responsible for the person I offer. You don't have to tell people because I love my wife unconditionally and unreservedly. She's the one who's chosen for this, right? My wife is a human beneficiary of a divine relationship. My wife is the human beneficiary of a divine relationship. What do you mean by that? How I treat her as the object of my love and affection is between me and God. That means it doesn't matter what she does. Look at somebody tell me, you are the beneficiary of a divine relationship. Why? Because wherever there are claims to godliness, there must be human trials. Come on, say that with me. Wherever there are claims to godliness, there must be human trials. Look, somebody tell me, I am your human trial. All right, is that biblical? John the elder said, "How can you love a God you've never seen, uh-huh. and then hate your brother?" Tell somebody if you really know God, it will affect how you relate with me. It will. Right or right? Yes. Sir. Say that with me. Wherever there are claims to godliness, Wherever. there must be human trials. Yeah. Tell new neighbor. Say new neighbor. I am your human trial. So I love my wife unconditionally and unreservedly. What do you mean by unconditionally and unreservedly? That means that she doesn't have to maintain anything to, re- to receive this love. Come on. She was chosen. Come ah, on. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Tell somebody you were chosen. So she's the chosen beneficiary of a love relationship between me and God. So I refuse to offer it to anyone else. Y'all got that? And I refuse to take it from her. So she's a human beneficiary. I love her unconditionally and unreservedly. Say unreservedly. 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 Meaning under no circumstances will I stop offering to her the person God said I should. Oh, uh, well, if she don't do what she should do, then I ain't gonna do what I should do. Come uh-huh. on. Then that makes her the master you the slave. huh. Uh-huh. Oh. uh-huh. If you withhold goods and services because your spouse won't do what you thought they ought to do, that means that you have put them in a posture of slavery and you have imagined yourself to be a master. Hello somebody. Y'all got that? So why should that? So it doesn't matter what she does or don't do. I know what God wants me to do. I know what God wants me to be. More important I know who God said I am. Does that make sense? Now, so why should now. So why do you love like that? Well, because my father is love and I'm love. Somebody shout I'm love's child. I'm love's child. That's the only because. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, why do you love me like you do? She used to ask. I said, because I do. Because I choose to. Because the moment you attach to some benefit, you receive. Yeah, yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over. Y'all got that? So now watch this now. So it's my job to improve my relationships by learning how to better relate. The desire to be better and despise process is what's called entitlement. Y'all got that? The desire to be better and despise process is called entitlement. Y'all got that? I'm going to say it again. The desire to be better and despise process is to embody entitlement. Somebody shout, it's entitlement. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, because I saw a lot of people raise your hand that you're not married. You don't have to get married to realize you have relating issues. Yeah. come on somebody look at how you treat your friends yeah. oh my uh-huh. God <laughs> oh here's one look at how you treat yourself uh-huh. yeah. because if you use negative self-deprecating comments I bet you can't wait to take that out on somebody else because everybody wherever you go They're there you come are Bible does not say love your neighbor as, instead of yourself. It said, love your neighbor as, yeah. as, as means what? Like, which means, tell somebody, in order to love me, you have to first love you. And I should be able to see that you love you before I ever assume you could love me. It's like people say, we need to have more uh, peace in our home. Well, that's not what you're committed to. Oh, Or you say, we need to be more peaceful at home, but you argue about every little thing. Uh-huh. So your behavior is not in alignment with what you say you want. Uh-huh. Hello somebody. You don't kiss me no more. Your lips still work. He didn't even hug me. Your arms still work. Somebody shout, I've got to be the kisser. I gotta be the hugger. I gotta be one doing the one that I say I want. And there are many of us right now, we want something our mindsets can't co-create. In order to birth the child, there had to be contribution on both parts. Somebody shout for a new person, there has to be a contribution for both persons. Yeah. You don't create a baby without the egg from the woman and the sperm from the man. Whatever we're going to have, somebody shout, we got to co-create. Yeah. It ain't my responsibility to create exclusively what we need in our relationship. Tell somebody, you partner with me to create it. Yeah. Whatever you said you want, you have to help co-create Y'all got that? We don't ever go nowhere. Get your calendar out and schedule something. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, somebody. We had somebody shout. We have to co-create it. You ain't even call me. Your phone work? I somebody. What's wrong with your phone? Yeah. See that? But but now but now when you were a taker you believe you just sit back and be the beneficiary of everything everybody else got to offer. When, taker, when you are a taker, you believe you are entitled to be the beneficiary of what everyone else has to offer. Yes, sir. The taker never puts any responsibility of upon themselves to create, what, co-create what it is they say they want to see made manifest in a relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, let's talk about the reason. Let me get into my message now. Let's talk about the reason All right, 20 reasons why relationships don't work nowadays. Number one, God uses marital relationships to make you aware of your selfishness. With the objective of crucifying it. Y'all got that? What does selfishness look like? I I am more into what I want than I am what you need. Okay, so God uses married relationships to help us to identify, make us aware. Somebody shout, I was not aware of how selfish I was until I got married. Then somebody then somebody there announcing it. <laughs> up close personal relationship smoke all your issues to the surface. Isn't that right? See that? And then what happens when people don't want to address the issue, say if it come up out of me, it's mine. Look somebody tell me, I ain't got you cussing, your heart does. Come out here. Man. Tell your neighbor, I ain't got you cussing. Got you. Your heart got you cussing. Ah, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You got you cussing. You got some stuff in you you never addressed. You were, saying, you were singing hallelujah over this hell going on in your heart. Somebody shout, that came up at the heart. Now, up close personal relationships smoke everything to the servants. Isn't that right? Isn't it amazing also, L. Morris? How God bait you with their beauty. God make you God boy God get you locked in. Everything you love about a man, it's just package just right. And then God gets you in and say, oop, God him. Right? And then all of a sudden, right? When there is no neutral corner to go to, oh, well, you gotta deal 24-7. Right? Let's say it when we get up close, personal relationships, smoke all my issues to the surface. That's why I just like being by myself no. Right, because by yourself doesn't expose you That's right I just stay to myself because Because people be tri- Well, the day, tell somebody The days have changed and you still the same That's right Wherever you go, there you are You know, I made a post yesterday, right If the way you are Is so right and healthy Then why, the last three failed relationships Say the same thing about you Say it with me. The days keep changing. And you still got the same problems. See, You can't grow until you can admit, it's me. Hello, somebody. It's me. It's me. Don't ever get mad at what you attracted. That's the best you can do with that soul you had. Hey. <laughs> Tell by the good thing about your soul is that you don't have to stay the same. Your soul is who you think you are. It is a result of your history. It's not a reflection of your destiny. Y'all got that? See, he was nothing but a dog, right? Then why must he feel like that? What must you? Why is it dogs are attracted to you? Whatever is attracted to you reveals your deliverance need. Oh god. All right. All right, I'm not going to play with y'all tonight. So now I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to illustrate this right. So All right. So if I turn the TV on here, right? If this is a remote and I turn on the TV, the monitor there behind me, right? Right? The the only reason this remote turns on that TV, right? There has to be something in here that matches something in there so the only reason that this can turn that on is because somebody shout there's a match so if that can turn you on there's a match that's my there's something there you've been singing over. Yeah. Look at two people, tell you, there's something there you've been praising God over. Y'all got that? And good people call, fall into bad relationships because they won't deal with the issues in their soul. And they don't real, whatever you got going on in your soul, it transmits signals. Yeah. The only reason the remote works is because there's a match. There's, oh God, there's something to it. You know, how people, you know, come to me, true story, he ain't on my level. Y'all got two kids. At some point, y'all had to be on the same level. Matter of fact, I surmise you had to be under. God used, why your discernment kick in after you got married? That's what I'm trying to figure out. How you get discernment after the fact? Tell somebody, what's with all this after-the-fact discernment? Yeah. You ain't got to have a child with somebody to decide they're stupid. No. You should have called that in the courtship process. Yeah. Come on. Hello, somebody. That's why you hear them from the church. Come on. What <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. people slick. oh, I'm seeing somebody. No, you dating. You full-blown dating. Y'all about to get married. I'm seeing something. We talking. Y'all doing more than talking. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And by the time certain things happen, right, once, once we get a soul tie, oh, discernment goes right out the window. Can't nobody tell you nothing once you get a soul tie. Discernment go right out the window. Y'all got that? So watch this now. So number one, God, you said with me, marital relationships. Smoke all my issues to the surface. Y'all got that? God is using my marriage to make me aware of my selfishness. Y'all got that? Now, what happens to us is that instead of addressing the selfishness as something we want to crucify, tell somebody you're defending your selfishness. Hello, somebody. And anytime we defend ourselves, uh, 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 defend our selfishness, we are defending ourselves against God's agenda. And that's why people are like, God, why you won't help? Because you're fighting God's agenda to end your selfishness. Tell somebody, that's why the Holy Ghost won't help you. You ain't on his side. You're trying to blame them for what he used them to show you about yourself. Oh, God, help me in this place. Somebody shout, that's why God won't help. Number two, why why relationships don't work these days. Unresolved issues. Simple as that. Unresolved issues. Stuff that, that came from childhood. Oh, my God, that's what feels... My wife and I and our pastors, that's what fills our our calendars right now with married people, right? Unresolved issues that they dragged into marital relationships. Stuff they never actually resolved. Stuff buried alive that never died that keeps resurrecting itself in future scenarios. Y'all get that? So gaining resolution is a skill that can be learned, right? But you have to face the awkwardness of inconvenient conversations. Inconvenient conversations. (laughs) Now, some of us right now. As soon as God gets you close to deliverance, you run. You run. I I can't. Y'all stressing me out. No, this is the conversation you need to have. See that? You got somebody shout. You got to lean into it. You got to lean into awkward conversations, right? Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Why do you think this way? Where did that come from? Why? 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 All the way down to the root of why it is I'm behaving this way. Come on somebody, and most of the time, the reason we're behaving a certain way now, we full-blown, we 40, 50 years old, behaving like 12-year-olds when we can't get our way in a dynamic. Hello somebody. You married a 42-year-old person that the moment you have tension turns into a 12-year-old adolescent in their thinking. Yeah. Y'all got that? Why? Because we never dealt with things that came from our upbringing. And then there's a trauma response to tension. Say, tension does not mean run. Say it with me. Tension does not mean we have a bad relationship. I'd be concerned about any relationship you never had tension in and didn't have it resolved. Tension just means you got to marry something else. Hello, somebody. But we got to deal with the trauma response to tension. What are they? Fight. Flight, freeze, fawn, flop. Those are all trauma responses to tension that when we have relational issues, they begin cropping themselves up as opportunities to go toward deliverance through these experiences. Y'all got that? Tell somebody quit running from your issues. Y'all got that? Run into your parents' house, ain't gonna solve your marital issues. Hello. Run into somebody Run, else to and running to somebody else ain't gonna solve your issues. Because wherever you go, there you are. Y'all got that? This is the next reason that our marriages and relationships don't work much today. Stagnancy and unintentionality about growth. Y'all got that? Look somebody my jump, no matter how much somebody loves you, they don't want to feel stuck with you. Hello? No desire to improve, right? And let me share something with you. How many married again? Raise have you married. How many, if you're married and you know you need to get better, raise your hand, right? But now listen to me very carefully. You don't need to get better for your spouse. Somebody shout, orientation matters. Say, my better is between me and the Holy Ghost. Oh, it better be between you and someone that don't change. Because if you do it for someone who is subject to change, then you are subject to changing back to whatever you were before. So I don't need to get better for my wife. I need to get better because of what the Holy Spirit is convicting me of. My wife is the beneficiary of a better that happened in my relationship with God. Y'all got that? So then watch it now. So that's how we keep growing. Say with me, I gotta get better. Tell somebody, but not because of you. This is why people in relationship don't endure anymore. Because, and I'm gonna tell you the scripture that saved my marriage in the 90s, Romans 12, 21. Okay, y'all write it down, you're gonna need it one day. Romans 12, 21, you know what it said? Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh-huh. That thing right there saved my marriage. You know why? Because my wife, processing some of the stuff she had gone through, she wake up, I hate you, I wish I would've never married you. My response, I love you, glad I married you. Come uh-huh. on. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome with evil, overcome evil with good. She said, I'm leaving. I said, I'm staying with you. (laughs) Tell somebody, do just the opposite. (laughs) It take the Holy Ghost to do just the opposite. I said, it take the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody, it take the Holy Ghost to do just the opposite of what you feel like doing. There's a way that seems right to be but the end there is what? You know why it seemed right? Cause it feel right. feel good. Do just the opposite. You know, like some of you right now, right? You don't have to be consistent with your last bad choice. All right, y'all leaving out at 7 a.m., he say something slick out his mouth, right? And now, you, you, all right, you waiting. Can't all day. wait till it's 5.30. All day. Right? Cause you gonna get your lick back, y'all remember? All day. I'm gonna get the last lick. Isn't that right? Y'all see that? And so now you go all day. Tell me. Plot! Tell somebody, would you quit the foolishness? Quit the foolishness. Once you realize something is stupid, you don't have to phase it out. Come on. Just stop it. Ask somebody, is this working for you? Is <laughs> operating like this getting you what you want out of the relationship? It's not, is it? Tell somebody, quit the stupidness. You don't have to be consistent with your last bad choice. Y'all got that? So you don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. They went out, y'all was mad, right? Take sub sweet. Say sub not. Like right, somebody, what that Holy Ghost you sing about? That's the one we need in your relationships. Yeah. The, the what happened to the Holy Ghost that makes you gentle? Y'all do realize that it's very unattractive for a woman to talk like a man, right? I'm just saying. And y'all do realize, brothers, it's very unattractive for a man to act like a woman in a crisis. How uh, is that? Very, very, very. Uh, trying to wait on her to solve the problem. Wait on her to come up with the ideas. Wait on her. like right, go ask your mama now. No, you got to. You got to stand up. You got to have direction. You got to have solution. You got to go toward, hello, you to, you're leading us to change. What are we gonna do? I'm waiting on you. hello. I uh, ain't he married myself. Y'all got that? My wife, if we have crisis, my wife looking to me. She ain't looking outside our house at nobody else. We got an issue, she looking to me. Y'all got that? And here's something else. When we got stuff going on, both of us can't be emotional. Somebody gotta be Somebody rational. Got to be rational. Y'all got that? So don't watch this now. So, so, nobody. no matter how much somebody loves you, nobody, say nobody, nobody, wants to feel stuck with me. Nobody. So that's why you, listen, many people today don't have a desire to improve, right? Nobody. And I'm concerned about a relationship with God that don't change you. Say it with me, he changes not. He changes. But knowing him constantly changes me. I've been with this woman since we were teens, through our 20s, our 30s, our 40s. Now, I'm about to be 54. She's about to be 52, right? There's a whole lot of change has going on from puberty to menopause. Andropause up in this mug. A whole lot of change has happened. We are not the same people. Thank God. Glory. Tell somebody, thank God we ain't the same people. We've grown. Our relationship with God has provoked change. If you don't grow, if you don't change, you can't grow. The moment you stop growing, you start dying. Simple as that. Y'all got that? Number four, a failure to present your best self to the relationship holistically. Y'all got that? It should never be that your spouse gets sloppy seconds to everybody else who gets your beautiful self. Hello, somebody. Y'all realize how much of a contradiction it is, right? When you do all this to get ready for other people and nothing to get ready for the person you spend your life with. Not even mindful of the presentation to the one you're in covenant with, but very excessive about the presentation to people that don't care about you like that. Hello, somebody. Get ready for me. Coming home. <laughs> Number five, people connect for convenience and they disconnect when they're inconvenienced. Uh-oh. You know what I call that? Write this down: relational consumerism. Oh, Hello. Many people today, most people, show up today as consumers to relationship. They're only concerned about what they get out of relationship. You know, I posted this yesterday. If you say you love somebody and then you start going down your list of everything they do for you. You're a user. That's right. God so loved the world that he When you describe love, you describe what you give, not what you receive. Y'all hear what I just said? If you describe love as a list of all the benefits you receive, you don't understand love. Now I got one question for you. What happens when things start getting knocked off that list? That's right. Yeah. They can no longer provide it. What happens if they can no longer provide it? That's right. What happens if life throws uh, changes you you could have never planned for? Yeah. See that? Will you still offer the person you should if conditions changed around you? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want you to think about this. My wife and I, our first uh, woman, when, when I moved her out of her mother's house, right, at 17, she was 17, I was 19, right? Our first place together was a garage. We lived in a garage that was converted into a little, they call them tiny homes now. It was a garage. <laughs> Y'all got that? And so all the way from the garage to now, you know, together we, we just bought another property. We own five properties. We live in a house with our own, we compound. Thanks to these folks, man. Influence, man, you gotta watch you hang around. Now we live in the compound with our whole family, right? You gotta watch who your friends are. They influence you. But now the point I'm making, right? From that garage to this moment, this is the same person. Right? It it these changes it, it didn't change the love. It didn't change our lifelong commitment to each other, no matter where we were. Y'all got that? Today, people marry for conveniences and divorce when they're inconvenienced. Why? Write this down. Covenant breaking heart. People don't understand covenant today. No, they, don't. they don't get covenant. Mm-hmm. Y'all got that? Mm-hmm. They don't understand covenant. Right? Mm-hmm. Most most folks, sadly, already got a plan B. They already got an extra strategy hey, to their with relationship. With hey, Tell somebody that's a work babe. Wow, oh, They got a work babe. Hey, man, with <laughs> hey, it. and And you know what's causing a lot of animosity and contention in a lot of homes? Comparisons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comparisons. You you know you don't you don't take care of yourself the way you should. Oh brother, you came home comparing me to that little thing switching around the office. So now there's a warfare started in our home over somebody else's wardrobe, and somebody else's wardrobe should never cause a warfare in your home. But when you have a comparison in your heart, it the comparison makes you dissatisfied. Yes, it does. It makes you dissatisfied. Yes, it does. Y'all got that? Tell somebody never compare anything never to anything whenever you make comparison you disease your old soul when you make comparisons right you are less inclined to cooperate commit and connect when you have a comparison in your heart say it with me never compare anything to anything y'all got that because if you compare you're not fully vested in things as they are now y'all never realize life happens in stages and we go through seasons Hello, somebody. Life happens in stages. We're in a stage called legacy right now. So my wife and I are building, right, for what we leave behind to our children and children's children, right? So you got to know what stage of life are we in? A season is designed to birth something or kill something. Every season. Oh, my God. We talk about seasons like there ain't no work. Tell me, seasons mean work. Whenever, whenever you enter into a new season, you are either supposed to grow something you had not grown before or kill something you hadn't killed before. Somebody shout, seasons are work. Seasons are work. You should never leave a season unchanged. Y'all did not hear what I just said. If you tell somebody, you should never leave a season unchanged. If you're in a new season, what did you die to in the last season? If you're in a new season, what did you grow in in the last season? And seasons don't start with harvest, they start with work. Start with work. Hello, it's New harvest sowing. time. No, it ain't? Sowing. Somebody shout, it's time to sow. Time and you know what, sow. you know what, Apostle? There's something go on before you start sowing seeds. Because right. a lot of people up. that don't realize, tell somebody you gotta cultivate that ground. You gotta break up that fallow ground, yeah. and you gotta deal with the rocks, say hey, the rocks, That's the, the rocks. roots, and the rodents. Whoa! What do you mean by that? Rocks represent broken foundations. It represents the thing that used to be in your life that you're still mourning what? over. So you got to get to the rocks. You got to make sure that you deal with all of that brokenness that's been going on oh. in times past so that you don't drag old brokenness into a new season. Yeah. Roots represent these old relationships. There are some people mourning yeah, relationships that it's just over. Tell my It's just over. Oh, wow. Y'all will never be close again. Yeah, it never. doesn't matter how close y'all were in college or high school. Y'all will never be close. Tell them oh. you got to dig up the Why? Because you can't create relationships now because you still got roots for relationships with people you had in college. And as long as there are roots in your soul, you don't make room for new relationships. I didn't say you don't make new relationships. I said you don't make room for new relationships. What do you mean? Say it with me. If I create a relationship, I got to cultivate it. Can't cultivate a relationship comparing it to that. See, you know, folk ain't like they used to be. Well, these, this how we are. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Or you gotta deal with the rodents. You gotta deal, there are deliverances needed. There are things that are going on that have to be terminated. Y'all back. got that? Yeah. So that's the first word. Even before you start planting the seed of change and growth, you gotta deal with the with the fallow ground. You gotta deal with the things that are going on. Somebody shout sub issues. Come on, say sub issues. Y'all got that? What you still crying about? What do you still what are you what still causes you to lose your joy? What are you still crying about? What when you start thinking about start causing you anguish? When you start thinking about, you start reliving over again. You got to deal with that. Why? Because it hinders you from engaging the relationships you have now at the level you should. Y'all got that? And I want to repeat: anniversaries do not improve relationships. Most of what goes in on our marriages, you know where it started? Zero to 12. Yeah. Yeah. Zero to 12 years old. Yeah. Amen. While the cement was still wet. That's, right. yeah. That's, yeah. Right. That's where it happened. That's right. And because we never identified it, singing over soul needs. And never getting down in there and doing the dirty work of getting our soul. Say it with me, it's not my fault it's what happened, my fault. happened to me as a child but it's my responsibility to free myself from it so I can offer myself to my present relationships. Y'all got that? Yeah. Now I know we talked about this before for some of our conferences past, right? But as you guys know, my wife, y'all heard her testimony about how she was molested by grandfather and all these other people, right? So there was a time when we got married, like in the early 90s, Well, she's like, she saw sex sex sexuality as something nasty. She's like, sex is nasty. I'm like, no, it ain't, (laughs) right? But when you have ODB coming in your room, y'all know who ODB is, right? All right. You got ODB coming in your room, right, and taking it from you, right? Your sexuality has never been anything you offer freely. So in order to be able to offer it freely in a covenant relationship, somebody shout, you got to get it back. She had to reclaim power over her sexuality yeah. so that she could freely offer it to her spouse. Yeah. What, you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. what I have to do, learn how to pray and fast and worship God, because she was a nun. Don't ask me for none. You ain't getting none. Don't look like you want none. Oh, that's why I became a real, he's like, we're a worshiper. Oh, there's a very good reason we're a worshiper. Hello, somebody. Because we went through dark seasons like that Well, you better know God. Yeah. Or you going to do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> True story. That is where I became a worshiper. Right? You know why? Like, she don't want me. God always does. Yeah. And I went vertical. Yeah. Yeah. I went. I said I went vertical. Sometimes you got to go vertical. Go vertical. See go vertical. that? And de- real, develop, real. Now, there was mutual deliverances going on. Somebody shout, marriage takes patience. Marriage Relationship takes patience. take work. Two deliverances going on right she had to recover from sexual trauma right i had to ask god what was going on because she could not put language to what she was going through god told me what was going on so i have intel the reason you're not intelligent is because you don't have intel so because i had intel i now know how to fast and pray for her and i know that i got to learn how to do something with me so the other part of the equation is that God was also healing something in my from my history, sexual perversion, because from my literally from I remember five year old from five year old all the way up until I got born again I was sexually active, from five years old I was sexually active my entire all of my adolescence, all of my teenage years I was sexually active. Matter of fact, one season my wife used to be one of my girlfriends. Because my, my uncle's planted it in my thinking, there's no way one woman can satisfy a man. Come on. Y'all got that? You know what I needed to be? Delivered. Yeah. And just because you got saved, don't, don't mean you got God. delivered. Tell somebody saved is in your spirit. Deliverances are in your soul. Yes, and I had to now go through a process of getting those whores out of my heart. Yeah. The whore out of my heart. Yeah. I had to go through a process. So you know what God was doing? Tell somebody, God's killing two birds with one stone. So God was delivering her from sexual trauma and delivering me from sexual perversion and balancing out so that there was a healthy sexual expression. But you know what he said to me one time? I was mad because she was a nun. And he said, son, he said, son, sex is on the throne of your heart and I'm here to remove it. See that? So he had to take it off the throne of my heart because I thought sex was love. Y'all got that? Here's something else that may be going on in your relationship. Whenever God wants to destroy insecurity and pride, he marries them. What you say? What you say? Whenever God wants to destroy insecurity and pride at the same time, he marries them. See that? And both of them got to be delivered. You got to be delivered from low estimation because it stands in in the way, It it is an offense of God It is an offense to God for you to not believe about yourself what he said. My God! And it is an offense of God for you to think more highly of yourself than you are. Tell someone both of them are a problem with God. Why? Because wherever a coin has a head, it also has a what? The head is pride, the tail is insecurity. And God wants to deliver us from pride and insecurity. Both of them, because both of them stand in the way of the revelation of the glory of God in you. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, let me, let, me, let me wrap this up. I got five minutes, let me wrap this up, okay? Number six of 20. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> People are looking to find what they cannot facilitate. Oh my God. People are looking to find what they cannot facilitate. And many times this creates lopsided relationships well, a person just becomes an object or a vehicle for personal satisfaction of another one. See that? People want what they cannot facilitate or, as I said earlier, co-create. Number seven, social comparison and other social media induced toxicity. Think about social media. Everybody's life is better than mine. Social media got you comparing. You know, I thought about this, right? I was watching the other day something on Facebook, right, on the reels, right? So this nice boat drives through, right? Big it's a yacht, right? The yacht of a millionaire. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they switch the screen, and you got this massive thing look like a cruise ship, and now they're like, the yacht of a billionaire. And I'm like, who has time to try to depress a millionaire? Right. right. <laughs> Think about that. Right. I'm like, y'all trying to, some joker trying to depress a millionaire, right? Everybody's life is better than mine. And that's the problem with social media is that's that it paints an illusion. Somebody shout, illusion. It paints an illusion that other people have what you don't, have gone where you haven't, have experienced what you haven't, can right, you can, Huh? Can do, can, can, can do what you can, and it creates personal dissatisfaction and you become a terrorist to your own home. That's right. wow. Y'all got that? (laughs) Number eight, failure to identify and eradicate broken patterns of dysfunction from upbringing. That's another reason many relationships. (laughs) uh, (laughs) What I'm going back to? Failure to to identify identify and eradicate broken patterns of dysfunction from upbringing. This is why many relationships don't work. See, many of us don't realize you are what you are by nature or nurture. That's right. Y'all got that? Yeah. And God did not make you scared of everything. Come on, no. on. No. God. Right. Come on. God, tell somebody, God didn't make you hollering at folk all the time. Come on. Come on. Unfortunately, the nurturer taught you, right? The nurturer taught you that this normal to always be hollering and using your tone to abuse other people. The nurturer, whoever raised you, taught you that. Right. My, my. And so now we gotta realize scripture yeah, says a soft answer does what? Turn the Watch right. well, it now. The 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 fruit of the spirit is gentleness. Yeah. Oh God. Tell somebody it take the Holy Ghost to be as nice as you should. It takes the Holy Ghost, to, as nice as the Holy Ghost <laughs> to love at the level you should. It takes the Holy Ghost, right? Temperance, self-control. Right? Yep. Right? He God. made oh he made me go there. Oh she made no. no. She didn't make you go there, right? Because the fruit of the spirit is temperance, self-control, self-governance. You give the power to bring yourself under subjection. Y'all got that? Number nine. Someone's here. Why relationships don't work the way they should? Someone's fear eventually undermines the relationship. Know why? Fear creates worlds that you are terrified to live in. Think about this. If you don't love at the level God wants you to love, you gotta do it by faith. Got to. You gotta do it by. The just shall live by what? Faith. Fear facilitates what you are afraid of. Oh my. Hello. Fear creates worlds that don't even exist. Come on. See that? I had somebody. I had somebody the other day. They they fighting over a hole he ain't even got. Come on. No, this is a true story. All right. She like constantly, all oh, your hope. Right? He like, I ain't got no hope. <laughs> and I'm thinking, somebody in her mind, there's a hope. <laughs> she created it in her mind. Right? It's terrorizing her. She is straining and ruining her relationship. It's a figment of her own imaginations. Y'all got that? Job said, "The thing that I greatly fear has, has come, come upon, upon me." With. Y'all got that? Yeah. We'll Whatever ahead. you fear, you facilitate. What yeah. if I told you your fears fabricate? Mm-hmm. Think about it. In order to get God's will done in your life, you got to walk by faith. That's right. So then, whose will are you getting done in your life, walking by fear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Satan's. Mm-hmm. The thief comes to steal, yeah. kill, yeah. and destroy, yeah. but he needs your cooperation. Yes, he does. That's what fear does fear cooperates with the the demonic agenda to steal, kill, and to destroy. I came that you might have life and and have it more abundant. Who said that? And then the just shall live by faith. Faith accommodates the will of God to bring you into abundant life. So fear accommodates the agenda of the demonic to steal, kill, and to destroy. You have have stolen the joy from your home through your fears. And you know the problem with that? Many people today, the fears of failed relationships of their parents are now living in their relationships. Wow. Your mama transposed her fear about men onto you, and now you looking at your person. Your guy is too square to be doing what your 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 mama's husband did. You you married a square. He ain't no player. He ain't no look how he dressed. He ain't no player. <laughs> He ain't got that. You carefully told somebody they have that much charisma. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Only style your husband got, you bought it. <laughs> no, I never forget when I when I took my, my wife from her mother's home, right? This was her mother's actual words that she was leaving with me, right? I don't know why you want her. She ain't gonna be nothing. She ain't going she ain't gonna do nothing. She can't even keep a, a sink full of dirty dishes clean. Those are her exact words when she when I take her right. Then she laying on the herd, right. Oh girl, you gotta watch the women at church. They want your man. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you didn't even <laughs> want that Think about this, right? Say somebody else's fears should never live in, live in my relationships. Y'all got that? But how many things have you have been passed down? It's amazing. Instead of giving you inheritances, they gave you fears. Come on. Everybody passes something to another generation. Good men pass inheritance. Y'all got that? And so right now you have marriages and relationships that are strained because someone else has transposed their fears upon your relationship. Got you looking all side eye anytime somebody speak to your wife. You, uh, who that is? Uh, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes faith to love some deep, Someone deeply from the heart Y'all got that? Somebody shout it takes faith Now another thing that strains our relationships Is control and manipulation uh-huh. Number 10 Control and manipulation No matter how much you feed a prisoner or a slave Eventually they want to be free Yes sir <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes sir <laughs> <laughs> Yes sir control, Somebody shout control and manipulation Those are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hello, I'll tell you something else. There's a difference between some of your intuition. Oh, God is not discernment. Come out. It is the voice of your fears. Suspicion. Come out. Suspicion, as it were, exactly. And that kind of stuff strains relationships. Y'all got that? So we got to get rid of that. Number eleven, right? Uh, The affliction of your will upon another person. Think about this. God doesn't make anybody do anything. Y'all got that? Mm-hmm. So the infliction of one's will upon another, right? Look at somebody tell them, never weaponize your wants. Yeah. Never weaponize your wants. There are people who weaponize their wants. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, anybody ever, ever had a relationship with somebody that make up rules and then they try to deal with you as if those are the rules? Yes. Like, like, well, <laughs> hello? I'm an adult. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, who And who made you? Moses with the Ten Commandments coming off the mountain and them to me, right? The affliction of your will upon other people is not a good thing. That's not a good relational dynamic or pattern. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Number 12, you're either adding value or causing damage. Y'all got that? I don't care how long you've been married. I don't care how long you've been in a relationship with others, right? You are either adding value or causing damage. Simple as that. Now, you know why? You know why we got to draw and make it so distinct? Because you know what relationships require? Intentionality. Yes. Hello, somebody. If you're not aware of what you're doing, the enemy will hijack your ignorance. And he'll undermine relationships through unintentional behavior. Does that make sense? So we have to be intentional. Everything about the way the Lord moved around in this world was very intentional. Right or right? Does that make sense? Here's number next, relationship building requires new tools. And most people become too lazy in their relationships to get new tools. You know, for example, I give this illustration. If, if somebody's in their garage, and they're, they're uh, let's say they're changing their oil, all right, and you look under the hood, and you don't see the little ratchet to change the oil thing, and you don't see any oil, right? You don't see any, you know, anything to actually do the work. Are they really changing their oil? You're, I'm working on me, where are your tools? If you don't have tools, hello? I, I'm the first one to admit what I'm wrong, but you won't change. You ever heard people, I'm working on me, ask somebody where are your tools? If you say you're working on yourself, where are your tools? Where? Where's the books? What's the class you signed up for? Who's mentoring you? Come on. come on! If you don't have tools, you ain't working on you. Right? Tells me you are stalling, and you're using a working Ow! on me to make sure nobody asks any more questions about your complacency. Come on! Come on! Stalling, sir. Is that right? So, uh, ask somebody. Come on, elbow somebody. Ask them. Where are your tools? You can't be working on you if you have no tools. Isn't that right? What was the question? Relationship building requires new tools. And most people become too lazy in their relationships. I already said this. Anniversaries don't improve marriages. Time does not fix flawed patterns of relating. And it don't heal all wounds. It, it does not heal all wounds. Imagine, all right, think about this, right? Imagine, right, somebody got shot and went to the ER and nurse said, sit over there, we're going to give it time. <laughs> Time will never heal your wounds. You better tell your neighbor. Time will never, a good church won't heal your wounds. Tell somebody, time will never heal your wounds. You know what the person has to go through immediately? A process. Tell somebody, process heals wounds. I'm the first one to recognize my problems. Okay, you identified your wounds. Where is your process? Hello? Come on somebody. It should never be that, that you will pay a hundred hundreds of dollars for things that don't matter and won't pay for a class. All right. All right. And some of us right now keep running the prophecy because you know you need therapy. Oh. Sir, <laughs> sir. Sure. Sure. Give me a spiritual solution because I don't want to face emotional issues. And it doesn't happen that way. Ask somebody what is your process? When you know that the way you are is undermining your relationship, you got to identify what's going on in you and somebody shout, I've got to go toward process. Got to go through process. I'm the first one to acknowledge when I'm wrong, but you won't address it by doing the dirty work of getting yourself delivered from those things in your mind. Tell somebody it's not enough to acknowledge it. It's not. It's not enough to acknowledge it. Hello, tell somebody you have to address it with a process. process Now, elbow somebody, tell them please pay somebody to quit being cheap. (laughs) Your shoes should never cost more than your soul. Y'all see how I did that. Y'all see how I did that. Tell somebody your your shoes should never cost more than your soul. Yes, sir. What's expensive is being unhealed. Yeah. That's expensive. What's expensive yeah. is tearing up perfectly good relationships. Right. All because you didn't uh, identify and address things that you need to go to. Tell tells got to go to a process because time ain't going to heal you. I pastor, I pastor people of all ages. Hello, somebody. And, and I got some 50-year-olds act like they, uh, hello. Two. Two. <laughs> Right? Because it had nothing to do with how old you got. It has to do with how you really address the things that are undermining your ability to move forward in life. Does that right? Y'all got that? So, here's number next 14. Why many relationships don't work today? The absence of principles. Say principles. Why? Principles govern behavior. Principles have nothing to do with how you feel. Core values are derived from principles. Y'all got that? People live their entire lives from feelings yeah yeah and i don't realize these feelings are undermining my future yes. hello somebody i've got to get locked into something that has nothing to do with how i feel y'all got that yes. that's why people talk about my truth because they don't want to address the truth my thing here what's well, Jesus's thing <laughs> and does jesus thing match your thing does that make sense 15. Accountability avoidant. See that? Accountability avoidant. You have people, you know, we need to go to counseling, right? I don't need to be talking to no man about my problems. Really? Really? So, so, you, you so you don't see the value of getting counsel from someone else when you can't solve the problem you got. That explains that backyard full of all that junk. Stuff that you knew you couldn't fix. (laughs) Piling up. Stuff you knew you couldn't fix. Piling up. Because you wouldn't go to somebody else who had the skill. Oh, God. Y'all got that? Tell somebody, some things just require skill. It don't mean they're better than you. It means they're skilled to make you better. Their skill to make, tell my their skill serves your betterment. Yes. It don't mean they're better than you. Oh, man, I put my pants on just like that man do. Yeah, but that man's pants know how to do what you don't. Right. Different pants. Number 16, pretentiousness and a failure to deal with behind the scene issues, right? We all camera ready. <laughs> See, smile, they looking, right? Whole lot of pretentiousness in relationships today. We're not concerned about what we are. We're concerned about what we appear to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Argue, fuss, and cuss all the way to the church. Walking in the door. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> 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 Praise the Lord. Lord. Ain't he good? Uh, honey, you just cussed out your husband all the way to church, right? All the way to the altar and now. <laughs> Back to the altar. <laughs> all right. Number seventeen. Failed attempts at connectivity. Right, failed attempts at connectivity. You know what I've discovered in my relationship with my wife over these years of growing with her, right, is that every supposed argument was a plea for greater connectivity. Come on. Good, that's good. Y'all hear what I just said? Yeah, yeah, very good. People argue when they don't know how to connect. Come on. So it's not about, hello, it's testimony, it's not about what it appears to be. It is a plea for greater connectivity. You know what it looks like? I don't have anybody else I plan on doing life with like this, so this has to work. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got that? This gotta work. I don't have a plan B. Yeah. So I need to be connected to you because everybody else is fickle. Y'all got that? But it starts it. it started out as an argument though. But really behind if you peel it little oh, there's just a need for greater connectivity. Tell somebody that's what I've been trying to tell you. Come on, I'm going to go ahead and say it for you. Tell somebody that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, I'm I, I'm recording this, I'm going to send her a copy. <laughs> All right, number next, we talked about this one already. The transposition of other people's fears into your relationships. Y'all got that? Sometimes people transpose their fears in the form of concerns. Oh and it ain't concerns, it's jealousy. Oh Cause number one, I don't know how you got somebody I couldn't get to start with. All right, let's move on. Number next. Number 19, right? Adversary complexes. Say adversary complexes. What do you mean by that? Everything is a fight. Y'all got that? Everything is a fight. The devil and others are always the problem. And every, hello, and everything is about trying to get an advantage and not actually solve the issues. That's an adversary complex, right? The need to constantly defend oneself comes from a wounded soul. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Hello? Jesus. Can't even have a conversation without defensiveness. Why? Yeah. The need to constantly defend oneself comes from a wounded soul. Wow. That makes sense? Un- unaddressed, unresolved issues, right? So it's, oh, why? Because. They haven't dealt with what's going on in the soul that has never been mended, never been healed, never really been addressed. See that? So everybody's an adversary. Everything, every conversation is amazing. If you say anything, don't agree with me. It's an argument. No, it's not. I don't. I heard what you said, and I don't agree with I you at don't all. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna say it again. All right. I heard it that time too, and I still don't agree with you at all. <laughs> You know, I, I, I taught this a while back, right? And I asked people, I'm like, when you have tension in your relationship, what does that tension mean? And of course, I have people that, you know, and what their responses normally tell me, fight, fight, freeze, fawn, flop, right? Trauma response. And I asked them, when did you get married? Uh, July uh, 12th, uh, 2014. Said, so, she took your last name on that, yes. I said, whenever you have tension, Tension only means you got to get married again. That's all it means, right? Why? She got ideas, you got ideas. Somebody shout, we got to marry these ideas. She got priorities, you got priorities. Somebody shout, we got to marry these priorities. She got a history, you got a history. We got to marry this stuff. She got frames of reference, you got frames of reference. We got to marry this stuff. And then you add to that. Opposite is always what? I am nothing like my wife. Nothing at all. The only thing we're looking like in is our kids. Y'all got that? That's it. Right? But now, so tension, say tension, tension, reveals something else that we have to marry. That's all it means. Come let us reason. It don't mean run. It means come let us reason. We've identified something else. Life happened to us, and we never discussed this. So now the tension is saying, hey, y'all got two different ideas about this. Y'all got to marry those ideas so you continue to move forward in oneness. Say it it with me. It's not important to be right. It's important to be be one. one. Do you want to be right or do you want to be one? That's the decision you always got to make. Do I want to be right or do I want us to be one? All right. And the last thing and I'm done. A reason many relationships don't work today is pretty simple. People don't learn from their histories. Simple as that, right? Remember, your history is a story of who you are, how you've been. It's it's a record, right? And a lot of times, people go through a lot of stuff in life, and you know the sad thing? They never learn anything from what they go through. See that? And then they go into new relationships, having learned nothing from their history. And because they go into new relational dynamics, have never learned from their history, you know what they tend to do? Repeat the same old stuff in a brand new relationship. Does that make sense? So Father, we thank you today for helping us to work, to cultivate, to curate, to create lasting and enduring relationships. I just pray for every person on the sound of my voice. Those who are married, those who are unmarried. Father, those who are uh, seeking to build and to strengthen the fabric of their relationships. That these principles that we shared today will not fall to the ground. Oh my God. But help us to find ourselves in the word today. In the message that has been communicated. Help us to extrapolate from this time together that which will, Father, which will, oh God, which will aid us in building relationships that last a lifetime. We realize how relationship our, how valuable our relationships are to our families to our communities, to our world. We realize, Father, the representation of Christ in our marriages. So we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'll be magnified through not just the hearing, but the doing of the things that we have heard. Father, may your blessing be upon our marriages. Bless these unions. Father, and your grace may it continue to abound in its season of our lives. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. No, you didn't.